0: Do you ever really listen to God? Do you only read the parts of the Bible that agree with the way you think? There's many who give of their resources to God, but when we give to the Lord, we should always bring our gift offerings according to how God desires us to give them, meaning we should always give with a heart of joy. We should always give with a heart of thanksgiving in obedience to God's word. Yet again, what it was with Cain, we're not told. But remember, both Cain and Abel were raised in the same home, were they not? They both came out of the same cocoon, did they not? They both had the same godly parents. They were both instructed in how to worship and to give to God the same way. Yet for Abel, it was a joy. It was a time of worship to give all. It's time to give an offering. I'm going to take the best of my flocks. I'm going to groom and take the best and offer that up to the Lord. See, nothing was too much. Abel gave to the one that created him, and he gave all that he had. Yes, it's a privilege, he must have thought, to be able to shepherd over these animals, and I'm going to offer to the Lord the best of them. While Cain appeared to have a much different attitude. Again, maybe Cain was mad because he felt he had to work harder as a farmer than his brother did as a herdsman. Who knows? Maybe just Cain is guilty of giving the leftovers. But we should all understand God doesn't need anything from us. But he gives us an opportunity to give back. He gives us an opportunity not to be selfish. You know, so he instructs us as his people to tithe. That very word tithe means 10%. We are to give 10% of everything we have to the Lord. 10% of our income. But we're to do it out of obedience. So if you can't do it out of obedience, to be quite honest with you, you're better off just not doing it at all because you're not benefiting from it. Okay, Lord, go ahead. Take my 10%. It's kind of like, you know what, probably you should just go ahead and keep it. Go to Baskin-Robbins, get an extra ice cream, you know, because you're not going to benefit by giving with a bad attitude. So again, as your pastor, I'm just instructed to teach you what the Bible says to do. It's like, guess what? Part of that goes into your account in heaven. Why? Because you invested in the work that God does. We had someone actually was watching me online, started talking with one of our counselors as they were, you know, watching online, and they led them to Christ online. And it's just like, oh my goodness, well, guess what? You participate in supporting this church part of that fruit goes into your account because you've invested in the work here me and my wife we we invested in harvest christian fellowship they were doing this building program and so we were giving above and beyond what our normal giving was to help support this building project and so we made a commitment to x amount of money and we we paid every penny of that now we don't go to church here anymore but guess what we helped invest in the buildings that they were building so everything that happens in those buildings in the 10 years i've been gone guess what we still have an investment in that every time someone makes an investment in something you invest in this you invest in that you know you invest in a home or whatever you know you want to see if there's a an increase of the value of what you invested in well there's an increase in value of everything we invested in and harvest before we came here because as we invested in that place it's still going it's still ministering people are still coming to know christ Every penny you invest in core church, guess what? Every person that comes to know Christ and is built up and encouraged, guess what? You have a piece of that. So it matters what we do. And that's what God wants. That's why he has set it up in his kingdom that the people will support the church and he works through those people in supporting the church listen to what the bible says about giving in second corinthians 9 6 he says now i say he who sows sparingly talking about giving of finances if you sow sparingly you are going to reap sparingly but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Notice every pastor that begs people for money needs to read this verse because he says not grudgingly or under compulsion. No one from the pulpit should force you to give. If you don't want to give, don't give. No one should guilt trip you. It shouldn't be done where, oh, I mean, I'm not, they're gonna, I'm not going to let me out of here. I've been in churches where the offering is longer than the message. Okay, something is wrong with that. Okay, something is wrong with that. If we spend more than 60 seconds talking about it, it's kind of like too much. I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. You, you know what you're supposed to do, and that's it. Let's just move on. And so, but God says, but when you do this bountifully, man, God's gonna bless you bountifully, but he wants it done with a cheerful heart. That word for cheerful heart in the original Greek means he wants you to do it hilariously. Like, man, Lord, it's all yours anyway. Man, you're telling me that I get to keep 90% and you only want 10%? Lord, it's all yours anyway. I wouldn't have the job I have if it wasn't for you. If I wasn't alive, I wouldn't be working. I'd be dead, okay? So it's like, thank you for this opportunity. Again, in Genesis chapter 4, in verse 5, getting back to Cain, he became angry, though, when his offering was rejected. He was now furious. Look, like, look, here's Mr. Bad Attitude, and he comes in with this worthless offering. Then when God doesn't like it, now he's mad. Why are you mad? You should be mad at yourself. You should be saying, you know what, Lord? I'm sorry. You know what? I had a bad attitude there. You know what? Let me redo this. No, no. He's just furious. He's incensed. His countenance has fallen. His whole disposition has changed. It's obvious that Cain looks like he had a pretty short fuse. I wonder if anyone listening today has a short fuse. Maybe it doesn't take much for you to fly off the handle. Proverbs 14.2 says, Those who control their anger have great understanding. Those with a hasty temper make mistakes. Oh, yeah, boy. Have I ever made? Have you ever made a mistake? Because I have. In a moment of anger, ah, woo, oh man, you're just like, oh my goodness. Yes, those who have hasty tempers will make mistakes. Ecclesiastes seven nine says, "Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools." Wow. And you know, this is where we need to take a little wisdom from the Lord. So when you feel the burning starting to happen and your hairs on your neck are starting to stand up, this is a great place to go take the dog for a walk. Don't open your mouth at that stage because it's not going to be good and you're going to look like a fool when it's over. You think, but pastor, I have a problem with that. Well, What's the problem? I don't have a dog. Buy a dog. Okay. <laughs> it's like, buy a dog. Okay. Cain's anger burned against his brother Abel because God accepted his offering. Cain was jealous of his little brother Abel. He was envious of his brother's relationship with God. You ever become envious of someone who's got this great relationship with the Lord? Here you are, Mr. Grumpy, and you're with that other person. They're always like, man, praise the Lord, man. Today's the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, whatever. You know, when you're grumpy, you don't want to have, be around a person that's all happy. You know, they're like, oh, wow, what are you all happy about? Well, this is the day the Lord is made. It's like, oh, instead of being angry at that person who's happy in the Lord, why don't you develop the relationship with yourself with the Lord so you too can be happy? See, that makes the difference there, all the difference in the world. So yes, he was envious. And now it seems like there's, Bad blood, you could say, brewing with Cain. And God sees it all happening. So God sees not only his actions, his continence, and, you know, looking at his brother, give him stink eye, stink eye. You know, what, you know what, stink eye, you know, that's when the guy cuts you off on the road and then you go back around him and then you look over him. Where did you learn how to drive? Kmart? You know, it's like, you know, whatever. You know. And so, so now he's got stink eye going, all of this stuff. But see, God sees what's happening. He sees everything that we do. Let's read what happens next, picking up in verse six. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, then sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. Get a hold of your emotions. Don't allow your emotions to lead, guide, and direct you. Don't allow your heart that is despitefully wicked and desperately sick take you down a road that you shouldn't be going down. Yes, it was Cain, who gave the least. It was Cain who gave half-heartedly, yet God never left or forsook Cain. God looks right through him, again, like God looks through us as a clear transparency, sees everything, the motives, everything. He sees that Cain's countenance has fallen. He sees it on the outside. He sees it on the inside he sees his disposition. It's all dropped out. And even though Cain was burning and furious in anger, God still reached out to him with a voice of reason. Verse six says, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? This is God reaching out and saying to Cain, hey, Cain, we need to talk about this. Why are you so angry about this? Like, let, let me explain to you what you did, and this way we can fix it. What a great time for Cain to sit at the feet of the living God and to pour out his feelings. Well, you know, Lord, I, I just, you know, I brought my offering, and, you know, you were all gushing over Abel, and you weren't over mine. Okay, great question, great answer. Okay, so let me tell you why. But no, he didn't want to hear it. didn't have ears to hear. That's why Jesus would say all the time, let him or her who have ears to hear, let him hear what I'm going to say. Do you ever really listen to God? Do do you only read the parts of the Bible that agree with the way you think? Because when we read parts of the Bible that, well, I don't agree with that. Well, that's kind of, you know, that's like a bigot thought. It's like, uh, no. It's the creator of all humanity who has laid down his law of what is right and wrong. And if you don't agree with something that's in the Bible, then you're wrong. And you need to come around to God's terms. And when you do, you'll be happier for it. Yes, and understand this, it was an opportunity for him to pour out his feelings. Know this, God cares about how we feel. God cares about our emotional state of mind. That's why he tells us in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So all that anxiety, boy, is there not anxiety around do we not all have our little knapsack of anxiety do not we have a little wagon that we're pulling around with us with our loaded up with our anxiety you know not knowing what's going to happen next we all carry anxieties you know what's happening what's going to happen next and so so god says cast all your cares and your anxieties upon me because see in the garden of eden before they ate of the forbidden fruit do you think Adam and Eve were worrying about anything? No, they were frolicking around naked and they were enjoying it. They were having a blast. Everything was good. There was no problems. But once sin comes in, all of these things, so you have to understand, when God created Adam and Eve, he did not create them with the ability of dealing with stress, pain, heartache, despair, Disease, cancer, sickness, all the things that happened. There was no feelings of envy and jealousy, all of that. It's like there was none of that. It was just joy. So when we have to now, because of sin coming into the world have to deal with all of these 200 new emotions of grief and misery and sorrow and crying and weeping and all of these things that, that were never part of the human creation that God made until sin came in. God's saying, I didn't make you to carry this, so cast it upon me. Don't carry it. Don't, don't, don't have your little wagon full of it. It's like, so if you choose to carry it and you choose to have it on you, well, then you're going to have misery in your life. That's why we have to develop that relationship with God so that we can sit at his feet so that we don't have to carry it in our lives. Yet Cain doesn't even respond to God, though. He's not casting his cares. He's not saying, well, here's my gripe. Here's my complaint. David used to do that all the time. Hey, Lord, you got to hear my prayer. I got a problem here. But no, not Cain. Nah, he doesn't respond to God. As bitterness starts engulfing his heart and his mind, notice how God gives us insight into, uh, into the way that us humans act and react as he asks Cain a question. Look at verse seven again. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? If you, if you just do the right thing, Cain, isn't, isn't it going to change everything? Just do the right thing. He says, but if you do not do well, if you're not willing to do the right thing, if you're not willing to do what's right, then sin is crouching at the door of your heart and it's desirous for you. But you got to master this thing. You got to do what's right. You have to make the conscious choice in your mind to do what's right. And if you don't, then you're going to do what's wrong. It's just the way it's going to happen. If you don't do what's right, then you will do what's wrong. You have to make the right choice. God knew what Cain was capable of doing before Cain knew what Cain was capable of doing. And God tries to reason with him. Hey, Cain. Come on, let's do it all over again. But this time, put your heart into it. Come on, Cain, let's talk about it. But again, Cain didn't want to listen to the voice of reason. He didn't want to address the real problem. The real problem was his heart. He had a bad heart inside. First John 3.12 says that his deeds were evil. Don't think for a moment that we can entertain wicked and evil thoughts and then not come to a head eventually. If you're just thinking about devising an evil plan, I can't stand that person. How can I get back at him? Oh, it just burns on me. Oh, oh. You are going to do something that you're going to regret. You can't keep dwelling on it. You can't keep having it in your mind and your thoughts without it coming to a head. That's why we must deal with anger and hostilities with others. We have to deal with those things. We must forgive and we must forget. It's not based on whether someone deserves a forgiveness. It's based on keeping you clean. So you got to let it go. We must move with love and we just got to forgive people. Look, at a lot of times the only way you can forgive people is only through his strength. You know, God, you forgave me, so I'm going to forgive this dirt bag. They don't deserve it. Okay, they're a dog. They stabbed me in the back. They twisted the knife. They did everything. But Lord, I'm going to let it go because you know what? I can't carry this. I just got to let it go. I got to let it go. And it's like, and and it's like, is, is that not what God did to us? He just forgave us. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's forgiveness. So of course those people that hurt you don't deserve it. Just like we didn't deserve it. Know this, a snare is a trap. Yes, sin can and will ensnare us. Sin will trap us. Sin will hurt us in the end. Again, the real problem with Cain was the problem in his own heart. So in a fit of rage, evil takes over now. And look what he does. Look at verse eight. And Cain told Abel, his brother, and it came about when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. Wow. First murder in all humanity. Notice it said first he told his brother. Well, what did he tell him? What did he say? Maybe he said, you think you're so righteous, Mr. Goody-goody. You know, mom and dad always liked you better than me. Maybe he lured him to a hidden place. Hey, Hey, Abel, come over here. I found this really cool thing over here. Well, I'm not sure. But Cain, he does the unthinkable. He killed his brother. He killed his brother. Again, never underestimate the power of what we think about. Never underestimate the evil that resides in all of us. Be careful what you dwell on. And look at what God said next here in verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, "Where is, uh, Hey, Cain, where is Abel, your brother? Where is he? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Not my day to watch him. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. What have you done? There's a term, caught red-handed. It can be traced back to the 15th century Scotland. It means to be caught with blood on your hands. Well, that can be traced back to this very first murder of all humanity. As God says to Cain, where? is your brother. And Cain can only reply, not my day to watch him. You arrogant dog, you. Did Cain really think that he could rise up in open field that God himself created? Did he really think he could rise up in the light of the sun that God created the light? Did he really think he could rise up and kill his brother Abel and God somehow miss that like he's not going to know? Hey, Cain, guess what? God saw it all. And by the way, we are our brother's keeper. The The Bible commands us to reach out to the lost, to help the needy, to carry other people's burdens, to encourage those that are around us. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those of the household of the faith. Yes, God watched exactly what happened. And he said to Cain, what have you done? I tried to come to you. I wanted to talk to you about this. I said the sin was crouching at your door. you got to master this thing. I was warning you. What have you done? Yes, God sees everything. Jesus said in Mark 4, 22, for nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but it should all come to light. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear this. Everything we've ever done is going to be exposed before God one day. We will stand in a judgment. It's appointed for every man and woman to die. And after this comes judgment. And we will have to answer for everything we've ever done. This is the second sacrifice that's, that's been recorded. But we will end with the ultimate sacrifice here today. For we like Cain, man, we're all guilty of sin. And sin separates us from God. But God tried to talk to Cain and reason with him. Just like God still reasons with us here today. That's why it says in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, says the Lord of hosts. Let us reason together. Though your sin be as red as scarlet, I'll make it as white as snow. Come now. Let us reason. Everyone who's listening today, come now. Let us reason before the Lord. If we choose to not have ears to hear what God wants to say just like Cain did, then sin is crouching at the door of our heart and its desire is for you because Satan is a thief and he's a liar and he wants to do anything he can to convince you to abandon God so that you die in your sins and you'll be abandoned by God. And we could lose it all in the end. We could lose our soul for eternity. But let me point you back to what Jesus did. He died on the cross so that we could be saved.
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977.